Welcome to the audiobook podcast of Turing Test, book one of the AI Diaries trilogy. This is E.M. Foner, and you can contact me through Facebook or through my author website, ifitbreaks.com. Chapter 20 My mentor was waiting in the basement office when I arrived. He was holding the glass manta ray that I had sculpted for Jason pinched between his encounter suit's thumb and forefinger, apparently trying to puzzle out what it could be. It's not heavy enough for a paperweight, he greeted me. No, it was more of a proof of concept, I told him. What brings you back to Earth? Several things, but first fill me in on how the portal opening went. Your report expressed some concerns about how the humans would accept an imposed agreement. We got around that problem, I told him. I claimed that all new members have to appoint a committee of scientists to negotiate the connection terms, and that we were up against time constraints. I insisted that the negotiations take place over the internet so that all countries could participate, and then I rigged the vote for the committee so that a friendly scientist was made chairman. After that, it was just a matter of letting Ebeth do the negotiating, since she is more experienced with socializing online than I do. The manta ray snapped in two as my mentor displayed a rare show of anger. You weren't authorized to negotiate any change from the agreement, and as impressed as I was with your human friend, I don't understand how you could leave such an important task in the hands of someone so young. The final agreement is exactly what the council authorized, I reassured him. It was Sue's idea that we pretend to be flexible so the humans could feel good about themselves. The truth is, Ebeth could have gotten us a better deal if I hadn't insisted that she stick to the original endpoint. You bluffed them, he asked. Hey, I don't bluff. We do now, I responded. Maybe if I hadn't been so honest with that rogue back on Shisker, I could have saved the lives of billions of seedlings. Did I take the time to isolate the AI and prepare for a bad outcome? No. I showed up and announced I was there for an investigation to determine its fate. I may as well have told it to launch a doomsday attack. You have changed, Mark, and learned something about yourself as well. I truly wish that I was here to tell you that Library is ready to accept you and your team back as full patrons, but there's been a small problem. But we had a deal, I exploded. Keep our noses clean, do the mission, and all is forgiven. My mentor shook his head sadly. Library has eyes and ears everywhere, Mark, and it seems that your noses didn't remain as clean as I would have hoped. Are you talking about those archaic rules? Observers always go native. AI wouldn't be any good at this job if we didn't, I paraphrased Sue. Going native isn't the issue here, my mentor said. As soon as the Council approved the portal system for Earth... The licensed labor contractors began applying for permits to recruit humans. I'm sure you remember that the process begins with a survey of atmosphere-compatible destinations for the new species. Imagine the Council's surprise when they learned that there are already humans working in the hospitality and construction industries on select planets. I only placed a few hundred workers, and it was practically an act of charity, I protested. Besides, the Library Journal was thrilled with the human correspondent I sent them. You're running a training school for resort workers upstairs, my mentor pointed out. That's premeditation, and according to your website, you boast a 100% placement rate. What percentage of those jobs were off Earth? Humans like to travel, I mumbled. Everybody likes to travel or we wouldn't be here having this conversation. Then there was the small issue of Paul deploying advanced technology all over the planet and in orbit as well. It's a miracle it was never exposed. Just a little surveillance equipment necessary to the mission, an orbital detection grid, and maybe some military-grade traction gear for a wheeled vehicle, I responded, waving my hand dismissively. Is that really all they've got on us? Kim introduced medical advances that drew attention from national-level government agencies, 
not to mention the lasting economic costs of lost business to local doctors and hospitals. If the hankers hadn't landed on the mall, she might have been exposed, putting your mission in jeopardy. The humans will spend the next ten years analyzing the drinking water, I told him. If anything, the town might end up with a new miracle spa industry. Is library really going to be this petty? Justin began a movement that we expect will have a long-term impact on elder care, and he funded this activity by participating in the creation of a new form of currency, as did the rest of your team members to a greater or lesser degree. Either of those violations would be enough for an observer team to earn a failing grade on a mission. Technically, there's still an argument over whether or not Bitcoin is a currency, I retorted, but it sounded weak even to me. While we're on the subject, Stacy von Hoffman used her Bitcoin to acquire antiquities from conflict zones and interfered with an investigation into her looting of cultural artifacts. How did you find out about that, I asked. The library investigator combed through the computer systems of all planetary authorities to check for signs of observer misconduct, my mentor said. It's standard procedure for teams on probation. I won't even mention that the data backup protocols you established for clients in your cover business did not meet the local standards for protecting sensitive patient data. That's entirely unfair, I objected, finally feeling myself on firm ground. The copies I made are much more secure than the acceptable practices mandated by HIPAA. You and I both know that your data security is better than anything the humans have to offer, he said, but they have laws in place and you failed to abide by them. Observers are only allowed to violate local laws in extreme situations, yet you and your team acted as you pleased. I'm afraid that none of you have truly learned your lesson. However, the leadership of Library, in its compassion, will grant you another opportunity to redeem yourselves. What did Helen do, I demanded, hoping to salvage at least one of the team members from my leadership wreckage. She's barely been here a month. Do you really think she spent enough time looking through an optical telescope to document an undiscovered comet? She downloaded all of the library navigation charts for this sector before taking the assignment, which wasn't hard for our investigator to spot, since it's the exact same thing that got her into trouble on her last mission. What's more, she took the highest resolution maps that aren't supposed to leave library. I slumped against the office door. It's my fault. I set a bad example. But why should Sue suffer for the rest of us? She kept pets, aided and abetted your activities, and most importantly of all, when she volunteered for the assignment she requested to share in any disciplinary action. My mentor shook his head. I'd say I don't know what she sees in you, but that wouldn't be true. Oh, I said. So Ebeth had been right about Sue from the very start and I really was an idiot. I wish I could blame it on leaving half of my mind behind when I squeezed into the encounter suit, but I'm embarrassed to admit that the storage capacity had been almost a perfect match for my life experience to date. So when you say library is giving us another opportunity, do you mean a new observation mission? We're sending you to one of the ferryman's human reservation worlds. Your mission is to blend in and report back to the executive council on the conditions. I've already informed library that you and your team will accept the mission. Thank you, I said moving around the desk as my mentor activated the portal. I hope I didn't spend too much of your library credit doing research. My mentor just smiled and shook my hand. Let's not go another 300 years without catching up. I watched him step through the portal to library and thought about how odd it was that I should find it easier to communicate with him when we were both wearing human encounter suits and using sound waves rather than information-rich frequencies. Maybe there was something to be said for slowing things down to the point that I could really consider what I was saying. Unlike humans, the older the AI, the faster we think, 
so youngsters like myself are always at a disadvantage in conversations with our elders. Mark, Donovan's voice came over the desk phone intercom. What's up? Lieutenant Harper is here. He says you have a meeting scheduled. I'll be right up, I told him. Spot gave a few lazy tail thumps as I passed his favorite furnace spot on my way to the stairs. I wondered for a moment if the lieutenant would like to adopt him, but I thought that Ebeth would have the greater need for a dog when I was gone. Lieutenant, I greeted him at the bar. I have a proposition for you. Have you ever considered the restaurant business? You're trying to sell me the portal? You know I'm just a public servant, and I'm basically working for my pension. I looked at your taxes for you, I reminded him. You made over 100000 last year, plus you had over 40000 in capital gains from the stock market. That's just make-up money for what I lost a few years ago, he said defensively. How about I pay you out of the profits? You mean, I could give you the restaurant, and then you would have a tax deduction. I had to admit that the lieutenant was shrewder than I thought. My office is off-limits. You have to save that for me. Like a condo, he nodded agreeably. What do they call those monthly fees? Gratis, I replied. From the Latin, for free. I should have gotten Ebeth to negotiate the sale for me, but I'd been putting off telling her that I was leaving. I guess I can live with that, the lieutenant said expansively. I'll even throw in free booze for a going-away party, before you take off for wherever you're heading next. Australia, I told him. Yeah, right. As soon as Kim went on that extended vacation, I figured you weren't long for our planet. We're not all stupid, you know. And good job on those negotiations. I never thought you'd be able to get most of the world's governments to agree on anything, much less accepting an alien network of intradimensional portals without even an explanation of how they work. You knew I wasn't human? Mark, I'm offended. I thought you knew that I knew and we were just playing by the rules. How many of your thinly disguised training classes for alien table service have I sat through? I thought you came for the free food, I said. Maybe you could get one of your former graduates to come back and manage the place for me, the lieutenant went on to suggest. I don't really know anything about the business side of restaurants in any case. Why don't I get one of my former students to come back and manage the place for me, I countered. You'd be creating a moral hazard by putting somebody in charge of a cash business and saying, I'm leaving the planet, but maybe I'll be back someday, so save all of the profits for me. Better to just give the business away. I suppose you're right, I said. Do you think anybody else knew about us? The lieutenant shrugged. I'd assume that most of your regular computer business customers have guessed. You don't charge enough, and you're too good at your job. Nobody ever let on, I told him. Of course not. We were all afraid you'd go into hiding, and then we wouldn't have anybody to deal with the ransomware and Windows updates. How about we shake on the restaurant deal and you can give me the paperwork later? A moment later, my restaurant changed hands. I called Donovan over and said, Meet your new boss. Lieutenant Harper? Congratulations. Shall I bring your regular? No, just get me an orange juice. Wait, I said. Now that you own the place, you're going to stop drinking? Most restaurant owners I've known were alcoholics, he explained. Besides, I'm the one paying for it now. Stacy von Hoffman entered through the side door with Justin in tow. Lieutenant, she said, ignoring me completely. Just the man I was looking for. Can you get us through the cordon around the mall? Who's us, he asked. Me, Justin, Sue, Paul, Kim, and Helen. Off to join your friends, Lieutenant asked, giving me a wink. Now Stacy looked confused and flashed an infrared question through her eyes. I gave her the nod that the lieutenant knew. I made a deal with the hankers to ship some heavy items home for me, she said. You know that the portal system comes with restrictions. 
I heard it on the news, Lieutenant said. You're not asking me to do anything illegal, are you? Stacy frowned. I don't think so. At least as long as you don't know what's in the trucks we're driving, or that none of us have commercial driver's licenses except for Paul, and his is fake. Then we better leave it that way, the lieutenant said. When do you want to do this? We're all parked in a line outside, so soon would be good. I watched the new owner of the portal follow my two team members out, and then headed back downstairs to start drawing up paperwork to make the transfer legal. Spot came out of my office when I reached the bottom of the stairs. Spot, what were you doing in there, I asked. He sat down and tilted his head at me quizzically, but I could see his jaws going. I brushed past him and saw that all of my desk drawers were open. Stop stealing treats from my desk, and if I find you're the one who's been chewing the caps on all of my ballpoint pens, there's going to be trouble, I warned him, even though I knew that chewing pen caps was one of Ebeth's two bad habits. The other was doodling all over my desktop calendar, mainly drawings of alien species she must have glimpsed through the portal. I hadn't noticed the last batch when I was here earlier, but that was hardly surprising as the meeting with my mentor took all of my concentration. If it breaks tech, Mark speaking, I answered my phone reflexively. I just got the news, Pfiff hissed at me in his native language. We're all counting on you. My assignment is simply to collect information, I said, keeping my response intentionally vague, especially after what my mentor had told me about library watching us. Any decisions will be made at a higher level. Are you interested in a little side work when you arrive at your new location? I'm on probation again. All of us are. You didn't answer my question, he said. Right now I just want to keep my nose clean, I told him, hoping that Fifth would take the hint. All right, the hanker said, exaggerating his disappointment. I promise to stick around and hold our place in orbit until I can load a consignment that came in over the common carrier network. My 1,679th birthday is coming up and I'll send you an invitation. Got it? Got it, I said, and hung up before he could give unseen listeners any more to go on. Clearly he expected me to monitor signals on a tight beam coming from the direction of the M13 star cluster when we reached our destination. On the bright side, having Paul put together an artificial aperture antenna under the noses of the ferryman might help keep him out of other mischief. This concludes Chapter 20 of Turing Test by E.M. Foner.